and we are back and we are the run duo i am tommy mitchell and i am india cook hey india what's going on <laughs> this is episode number 74 yes exactly and it is the last episode well maybe last yeah. episode of 2020 so super excited about that What's well, the last one that's being recorded for 2020? Yes, we're, last we're, one. We ain't recording nothing else for 2020. <laughs> that way. But just, just, just keeping with that. So we are, we did uh, record a live episode. What was that two weeks ago? Yes, two weeks about ago. two weeks ago. Um, with um, the Run Social Atlanta uh, with Tess, and we got to interview Jay Holder. We got to interview the owner or one of the owners of uh, Monday Night Brewing uh jeff is it jeff or yeah jeff because he didn't want to say jeffrey um but we got to interview them talk a little bit about uh craft beers so we're gonna drop that this week as well um so that one's live it was it was a really good time so definitely go listen to that episode but when we talk about this episode um let's start off with just thanking um another podcast uh yes. for interviewing us Yes, for sure. So we definitely want to thank Sweet Run for take, checking us out and doing an interview with us. That was a really fun interview. So um, Natalie is one of the hosts of the Sweet Run and she reached out to us. Her and her husband did an interview with us. And you know what, Tommy, I really love their podcast and it's a newer podcast. But I really love their podcast. They're really focusing on when you go to different states to run, they're trying to make sure that they are interviewing people from different areas so that we can say, okay, if you travel to Atlanta, these are the things that you should do. These are the places that you should run. And they're getting really good intel. This is what you should eat. So definitely check out that podcast. Me and Tommy dropped some of our favorites on that one. So exactly. So and listen to them because as they go city to city, if you're visiting a city, that's that's a big thing with running when you travel, finding a place to run. With the holidays, you know, coming up, a lot of people are going to different cities for, you know, to be with family and friends. You need mm -hmm. to find a place to run. You want to keep up that uh, keep up that health uh, throughout the uh, holidays. It's a it's a great podcast to listen to, and I want to thank them both. And again, that is the Sweet Run podcast, and it's hosted by Natalie and um, Gerald Mitchell um, is their name. So definitely check it out. We're not sure if they're related to me or not, but we we gonna find out. You know what's crazy? I didn't say it on the podcast because we probably would have. Me and Gerald would have talked for another fifteen minutes. Mm -hmm. my, I have a brother named Gerald, that uh -huh. but he spells it different. He spells his name uh, with a J, and my my brother spells it with a G. But so who knows? We might be related somewhere in there. But anyway, yeah. um, this is the last podcast of the year. Uh, I, I'm I can't say that I'm sad to see twenty twenty go. Um, but I'm not positive that 2021 gonna look any better, but we go, we gonna hope and pray for better days. Yes, I'm really hoping that we can um, have better days. I just don't think that this whole COVID thing is gonna be gone. Um, and that's not me being pessimistic. I think that's just being real, like as far as where we are with things. So I look forward to better days for sure, but I think we still cranked out a really, really good year. And, you know, I think honestly, I, we really catapulted into another arena of podcasts and Tommy in regards to the guests that we've had on, including a lot of diversity with our people that we're interviewing. So I think we really did well in 2020 in regards to continuing to put up a good show. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. When I talk about a bad year, it's not, it has nothing to do with the podcast. Actually, I had a good year. I was, you know, I, I 
praise God, I was employed the full year and, you know, things looked good and I got my kid is healthy and Heather's healthy and Indy is healthy. So, you know, it wasn't a bad year that way, but just overall, um, yeah, for sure. you know, it was, it, it was a year for some people that was, it was not the greatest. So, yeah, for um, sure. you know, but, um, when you talk about, you know, 2021, not, you know, you know, with the COVID thing, not really changing, I'm kind of with you on that. But what I'm hoping for is that like a lot of race directors have done, um, other people find ways of thinking outside the box and don't just let um, COVID just stop them cold. Like you find mm -hmm. a way to do the things that you, that make your life normal. So, and we yeah. don't talk about one here um, that was done recently, the, the marathon project, which yeah. because all these major marathons got canceled this year, somebody figured out a way to still get something done for these elite runners here in America. Yes, for sure. And I think that 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 was the biggest push for this race was to do something different, give the elite something to look forward to and something to train up to have it to be a, you know, certified course and, you know, just have something that was there. So the marathon project took place this past weekend on the um, the 20th on Sunday, and it took place in Arizona. So Chandler, Arizona. So it was a great day for a full marathon. We had some great people lined up. We actually had two of our Atlanta track club runners, um, Wilkerson Given and Matthew McDonald, which we know Matthew was definitely, uh, he finished pretty good in the uh, marathon Olympic trials. So they were both um, ran at the uh, marathon, excuse me, the marathon project. So I was really excited to see them. The marathon project, I feel like was very well done. Um, it was a beautiful day, 48 degrees. Listen, yeah. 48 degrees. That's perfect marathon weather. Marathon weather, yes. Yeah. Perfect marathon weather. <laughs> 48 degrees in Arizona. So it was considered to be a flat course and was it fat, flat and fast. So it was amazing that there were so many guys that finished under 210. So it was seven American men that finished under 210. And you know what? I was over here calculating. I was like, 210 is like a 458 mile. Like these, these dudes were rolling. <laughs> and it's so funny because when you watch them on TV, they don't look as fast as if you was to see them in person, but you know that they're rolling, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, like when we were at the trials and they were speeding past us, it was like a split second, literally. Like they were, to us, they were sprinting. To us, they, they, they were sprinting, yeah. Yes, they were running. So, yeah, so the marathon project was amazing. So you were able to catch the replay on Sunday. Is that right, Tommy? Yeah, I watched uh, some of the replay. I uh, got to see a couple of uh, familiar faces uh, yes. in there. So I was really happy about that. Um, yes. And, you know, this one really, I wasn't as into, like, who wins, but into, like, like you said, so many people ran under 210, you know, the, the, the American records that were trying to be broken. I was more into that side of it than actually who actually won the race. Yeah, definitely. So I don't want to go without celebrating those, some of the faces that are very familiar to us. Um, so of course, um, Nathan Martin, he is on, he was, we interviewed Nathan on episode 62. 
So you all definitely go back and check him out. But he finished ninth place with a 211.05. And he is now considered the fastest American, Black American born uh, marathoner with, again, a 211.05. And it's great because that, that record has not been broken since 1979 at a, with a 211.52 by Herman Atkins. So he, like, he stepped it up and definitely did that. So Nathan, congratulations to you. Um, and again, if you want to check him out and hear kind of his background, definitely check out episode 62. And of course, that was a huge PR for him. And then I also want to give a huge shout out to Brandon Johnson. Um, he was a pacer for the ladies, which was amazing. So we saw him for a good stretch that he was actually pacing Sarah Hall. Sarah Hall had about four pacers with her the whole time because she kind of took out like she's she went out in the beginning of the race and kind of was with her by herself, but with like four pacers, majority of her time. And then it kind of backed off to two, but we were able to see a familiar face of Brandon Johnson. We interviewed him on episode 61. So definitely check out that episode if you want to hear a little bit more about him. But Brandon Johnson, um, Olympic trials qualifier as well. And it, I'm sure he enjoyed pacing Sarah Hall. Yes, indeedy. And, you know, Sarah was looking like Sarah. She was getting it up. She was yes. doing it. So it was it was good to see. And he, he was right there on her shoulder, uh, he pushing was. her along. Yeah. And I, I mean, congratulations to Sarah Hall. I mean, I think that just 11 weeks ago, um, not I think just 11 weeks ago, she came in first at the London Marathon. I mean, a lot of people were talking about how that was a quick turnaround for her to come out and do this marathon, but she still kicked behind. She came in at a 220.32 and now is the number two of all time fastest marathoner, um, US marathoner. So that that is just beyond amazing. I know she was a little disappointed and you could feel it at the finish line um, that she was a little bit disappointed because she was trying to go after the 2006 Dina Castor time of 219.36. So she missed it by, you know, a couple seconds, not a couple seconds, some seconds, but she was very, very close. But I just think she's continued to kind of bust out the gate this year, which is, you know, amazing. Yeah, it's, it's amazing that she's busting out the gate this year and she's like one of the senior uh, runners, you know, yes. all, you know, compared to all these other uh, young ladies out there running, she's like a senior yard runner and she's really showing out and showing right. up. Um, yeah. You know, like we were talking before we started recording, you know, that that um, that fee, that women's uh, American marathon records, you know, since 2006. And it is kind of surprising that with, with because I feel like the the women, the women's side of the uh, of the marathon in uh, for the Americans is really blowing up. Like, I think the women, there's a lot of women out there that are doing great things in the marathon. And it is a kind of surprise that it hasn't been broken yet. So I, I do think that record will fall. Um, I think it'll fall once we realize that, um, you know, we're running again. Like once mm -hmm. there's this, this running all the time kind of thing, like where we can get out and they can race more often. I think mm -hmm. it will fall at that point. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think the men are picking it up too. I think the people that we saw win the marathon project on Sunday, there are some people that we've been, you know, keeping our eyes on. So of course, Drody came out um, and he got second place. And you know, what's so interesting about him is that he had not raced since October 2019. And because of injuries. And so he came out the gate, just like killing it. Um, and he finished in a 209.09. And then, of course, Marty Hayher um, came in first place. And he was sixth at the Marathon Olympic Trials. So I mm. think it's funny. Like, we have to look at the people that 
we can't discontinue. I think sometimes we get wrapped up in the first, second, third, but we really need to be looking at like the top 10, right? Because mm-hmm. within the next couple of years, those top 10s are going to be someone in, in those top 10s is going to surprise us and like be the people that we're really going to be looking at. Because some of the ones that we've been talking about for a long time, they're going to be retiring, you know? <laughs> so some of those people within those top 10s, we're going to be seeing a lot more of them, you know? Well. And when you talk about, I mean, you know, no offense, Atlanta Track Club, but, you know, that course for the Olympic trial, it was a different type of course. Mm -hmm. So you may find some people who didn't do well at the Olympic trial that on a flatter course are better. So that that could have a lot to do with it as well. Yeah, I'm sure it was definitely Mm -hmm. um, has a whole lot to do with it. So but I think at some point we, you know, we we just have to keep our eye on it because there's some people that you think. So like for me, I was excited to see Jared Ward come out the box and and do well on Sunday, but it just wasn't his day, right? And I just think that there's some people that we put within the beginning of, or like in the top five, and it's just not their day. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I predict there's going to be a lot of upheaval in the marathon US, just worldwide personally. I think there's going to be a lot of upheaval within this next 12 months. Um, in the marathon of people that we just always think it's going to be going to win it or going to be in the top three. I think that might change a lot as we get into 2021 uh, yeah. or actually 2022, I should say, as we move through 2021. Right. For the next Olympics. Yeah, exactly. So I think it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. And it also will be interesting to see who, you know, took this COVID time and kept training and who took this COVID time and, you know, maybe didn't do what they needed yeah. to do you know, to stay in shape. So we'll, we'll see what happens I, at the Olympics. Like with, when it comes to the elite, I feel like our professional runners, a lot of them are really being serious about this downtime. Now, of course, there's been some people that's like, I haven't raced for several different reasons, but I think that there's been a lot of people that's like taking this time and soaking it up, which I think takes an, a different level of brain or mental stability because a lot of times with these elites, they're training for money. They're trying to continue with their sponsorship and they have races on the chart and they have goals and they're training. Like they have season blocks, you know what I'm saying, of training. Um, whereas for us, we're like, oh, you know, I'll do this race in a couple months and it's not as strenuous as it is for them. So for some of them that did not, may not have had races on the calendar and are just staying fit for a potential race that may pop up, like that's a different training mindset. Yeah, you definitely have to have a strong mindset for that. But also injury, maybe somebody who was injured and if it was a normal race cycle, they might not have a chance to really recover Whereas this might have given them the opportunity to uh, to recover. I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. I so like that, that make a difference too. Yeah. And speaking of upcoming races, we have been seeing London and Berlin. People have been getting emails in, regarding, in regards to getting accepted to those marathons next year. Um, of course, the hype is not what it usually is when those emails come out. But India, I said, it's, India said it's tissue paper. She said that's what that is. Those acceptance mean. It's tissue yeah. paper. <laughs> it don't mean nothing. Yeah, until, until you two months out, you have no idea what's yeah, going to happen. I just don't know, like, because 2021 is still up in the air, just like 2020. <laughs> so it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, mm. it's, it's kind of hard to get. I would, I would, it would be hard for me to get hype over that because yeah. I'm like, I don't even know if it's going to happen. Well, okay, so let's say maybe they think a lot like the Atlanta Track Club. Like, you know, Atlanta Track Club, they, they've got their races set. They've figured out a way to do it, um, mm-hmm. going to the uh, racetracks. So say Berlin does that. Say Berlin finds 
of uh, which they have plenty of racetracks out there. Um, they find an actual car racetrack to run the race on, and you know they kind of do the same kind of thing. Do you think that would be as exciting? I mean, they would have to cut down the entries, of course. But right. do, do you think that would be? Would you be as excited to run Berlin if that was the case? Like, if you got no. accepted, you wouldn't be. You'd be like, ah. no. Yeah. I want my, especially with world majors, like some of these other races, I'm okay with pivoting to something different, you mm -hmm. know, etc. But I think when it comes to these world majors, like I want it to be on the course that it would originally be designed for. And especially gotcha. if I'm going to Berlin, like for me, I want the experience that everybody else has had over the, over all of these years. You want to run like, through the, through the gates. Yes. Like give me all of that. I feel like I will be slighted. That's just like some of the virtual races. And you know, that actually is one of my um, goals for 2021 is to like embrace the virtual races because I really don't think 2020 is, 2021 is going to be much different than 2020 in regards to the racing aspect. And so mm -hmm. I'm trying to change my mental set of 2021. However, I just feel like, like you won't catch me doing a virtual marathon. Like that is just not like, it's just not in my ministry, even though I'm trying to change my thought process of it. I feel like when running a, a marathon, it needs to be the full experience of other people being around people, the full course experience, because 20, 26.2 miles is already a beast to run. And mm. close to anybody that can do it. But mm. I just, it's just not in my ministry. But I think I could do a virtual marathon. The problem would be my mindset for training for it. Okay. I think, I think different, I would think differently. Like if I know I'm flying to Chicago and I'm going to run through the city of Chicago, when I'm out there training, that's how I think I'm thinking mentally. Okay. I'm going to be running. This is this is how I'm going to finish. This is how I'm going to feel when I finish. Da, da, da. And that keeps me pushing through those early mornings and late, you know, when you're you're getting up early to, to beat the sun um, when it's when you're running in the uh, in the summertime, as well as um, maybe running in the middle of the day because you don't want it to be too cold when it's, you know, in the fall. That kind of image imagery is what keeps me going. And if, you know, I'm doing it virtually, I would say that would be hard for me to keep training, but to train as hard as I would um, if I knew I was actually gonna go to the city and run the actual course. Right, and I think that's what I mean by shifting my mindset because I feel like I don't wanna continue to sign up for virtual races. Like if I, I feel like if I'm gonna race in 2021, 90% of those races are gonna be virtual, right? Like more than likely they're gonna be virtual, especially if they're in the, the spring, may potentially summer, like stuff is basically pushed to the fall. Um, even though Atlanta Track Club, we do have a race, uh, in-person race on the calendar for February, but it's still one of those things where I feel like we really have to change our mindset around that. And I think for me, I found myself in 2020 just getting the virtual races done to say that I did them instead of just racing them, which is, you know, which is very different. Of course, racing with mm -hmm. other people is different, but actually going out and giving your full effort. Um, and just getting them done. Now, of course, some of them that I was doing was like 5Ks and I do those just as a regular training run. Yeah. But, you know, maybe think about it more so as a time trial and not just, just let me get this done and say that I got this medal. Like, it's pointless to keep putting your money down on something like that. True. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Before we go too far away from the Marathon Project, I did want to, um, not only were Americans trying to set uh, records, Canadians we're trying yeah, to set records. They um, got people for the trial for the marathon. Yeah, uh, Natasha Waddock. 
She ran 22-26-19, second fastest time in Canadian history. Mm-hmm. She came in fifth overall. Um, but that put her in a good place to take the third spot for the Olympic team, for the marathon Olympic team for uh, for Canada, which mm-hmm. I didn't know. I, I mean, I, and I didn't, I haven't researched this enough to find out if Canada actually has a, mar- a, a Olympic um, championship race like we did. Um, so I, I'm, I'll be interested to see, do they just pick them like, uh, like some other countries do, or do they actually give people a chance to go heads up like, you know, like we did here in Atlanta to verify who's going to run for them in the Olympics? Because um, I think that's the best way to do it. I'm sorry. I, I'm really not a big fan of countries that kind of pick you know, well, we're going to, this person's going to, it gets too political to me, for me mm-hmm. at that point. No, I totally understand that. Yeah. I was excited for them because I think there was a lot of people, this, the marathon project should not have been, it, it, it was, I should, I didn't say should not have been, the marathon project was a big deal for a lot of different people. And mm-hmm. like, not only were records set, but people were still, you know, being able to qualify for the Olympics. So I think that it was done at the, a really good time a good time of the year, an amazing course. And it was just a great day for many people, many, many people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, elites need, you know, the virtual races and the different types of things that have been going on for just the everyday average racer during 2020, try to keep us motivated and, you know, keep us going. You know, elites need that too. And I think that what the, the marathon project did for them. Yes, definitely. Just really put that fire under them. And I think really showed where they are for the year. Um, And going into 2021, they can say, okay, this is where I am. Now I got some more work to do. So I think that it's awesome that they were able to do that. For sure. Yes. So India, what was your, uh, I, I, you know, I'm a busy dude. I didn't get a chance to see your, (laughs) see your uh, YouTube. What was your YouTube about today? So I actually ran, well, not actually ran, I ran this past weekend and it, you know, it's so funny, Tommy. So usually in previous years, especially in the years that I was running half marathons, like a couple of year and I was traveling to do those, I used to have my thought, my next year planned out by like September of the following year. So literally my 2021 would be already booked, planned, <laughs> hotels made, like I would already be you know what india that doesn't sound like you that just is so yeah you know that's so far from what i think you do whatever india you you probably had it planned out in july whatever (laughs) seriously i'm probably stretching with september but i used to have it planned out but because 2020 is just so different i really only have i have like five races on the calendar but they're like four of them are virtuals and it's atlanta track club stuff so it's kind of one of those things where i don't really have 2021 planned out so back to your question tommy so my blog this week was me telling i was i went on a run and i kind of thought about okay what are my 2021 run goals and i said they need to be they need to be removed from races maybe even removed from pace and distance but more so like around me like, how am I going to become a better runner in general? And it doesn't have to, to do, to deal with like races, because I don't want to set goals and be disappointed. Right. Like, I think there, we had enough disappointment in 2020 with a lot of races being canceled <laughs> yeah. where I don't want to set that up. So I actually went through, I listed five of my um, running goals for 2021. 
Um, so of course, one did have something to do with distance. It's time for me to PR in a half marathon. It's been several years since I've done that. So I definitely want to do that. But I'm going to hopefully also at least run, read a, a run book a quarter. So I want to get my books together. I actually asked my Instagram followers um, some good run book suggestions. And I got like 30 books. So I think I'm good. <laughs> now, <laughs> the books that you got, were they mostly like training books? Or are they more of like just mental kind of stuff? It was a mix of mental training books like aesthetics of the body, like, like science type stuff. And then there was also a lot of like, I'm going to say novels or like self-help, like devotional type stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a mix, mix of different things. Okay. That sounds good. You, um, so once you get it together, you want to share that with us so we can see your book list. Yes. I'm going to share it with y'all. So I okay. have it, I have it together. I'm going to make it all pretty and share it with you guys. So I have a list. I have a couple books that I'm hoping to pick, but I'm just, I'm going to try to do at least one a quarter. I know some people that are really big, heavy uh, readers are like one a quarter, but listen, my life is busy. So sitting down to read three, <laughs> one a quarter is good. <laughs> well, you know what? I used to be big. Well, I'm not, I, I'm not going to put myself into reading because I don't read the books, but I was big on audible for a long, but that's when I would get in my car every day drive to work, drive home. So that's what I would do. I listen to an audible book. And I went through a lot of books um, um, when you're doing it that way. But mm -hmm. actually, yeah, sitting down and actually reading, because my mind would be like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do this. You know, it's just it just all over the place. Heather's really good about that. Heather, read a, a book a week or something. Right? I know. Every time I see her, she has she's posting another book. So that's awesome. I just don't have the time for it. Like, yeah. doing everything that I'm doing, I'm like, honey, but I do want to get better at giving, making myself have the time for it. So I guess that's why I'm making it a goal. Yeah, that's that's a good goal. Um, I don't really have any uh, run goals for 2021, just because it's so uncertain. It's just too hard to to do that. Because I would love to sign up for a marathon. I mean, I guess I could sign up for Publix, but I want to. I mean, the next marathon, I'm gonna run a course. I'm not gonna run around. I, I think I'm gonna do the Publix half, but. I'm not going to do the, the public full on that right. or the, the marathon on the uh, on the racetrack. But my goals are more fitness right. um, related. I, I want to actually let's run more gym. And, you know, we you know, Santa, he, he late, but he going to get us a Peloton this year. So he, we ain't going he ain't going to show up till January because all y'all fools want these Pelotons. Um, but, but Santa's got us a Peloton coming. So. <laughs> I'm glad that y'all got one so that we can uh we can have fun on on a Peloton. I had a cool ride this week on the Peloton. I it's really good. Peloton stepped it up. They Yeah. It's good. It's worth it, I will say. Okay. Well, my plan is to do a combination of the Peloton, gym, and running of course, um mm -hmm. for 2021 just to kind of, you know, well, the Peloton will help because I can I'm in the house. Because going to the gym is a process. I got to get up, get dressed, drive, you know, come back, you know, that's time away. You know, every second counts with Trey. Um, and then the Peloton, I can just get up early, do it, take my shower. I'm still in the house. That drive time is gone. Same thing with running. You know, even though running's a little easier than the gym because I can just run outside. But once again, it's get up, got to run, come back, take a shower, all that. Once again, yeah. that's time taken away from the needs of the little fella. So um, I, I, I'm going to try to do a combination of them. In no way am I trying to get ready for any kind of triathlon for before y'all start talking about that cycling. Nah, 
Cycling in the house and cycling on these streets in Atlanta are two different things. I am not doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I'm I'm excited too to be to do the Peloton more than I have been. Um, I think that it's it's a great workout. Like spending when I used when I was marathon training last last couple of years that I did marathons, I used to add spinning at least once a week. But I'm hoping mm. to obviously do it a little bit more. And I think it'll be it's a good it's a good cross training. It's really really good. Well, I know some people that swear by it. Like they say that is what has taken them from one level to the next in their running. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how it. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yes, we'll see how it goes. Yes, so another, One other goal that I had. I mean, I had some other ones. I want you all to check out the YouTube page to hear the other ones. But one of them that I thought I, I really, literally, just feel mentally is going to help me is that I'm going to try to do one day a week with not running with a watch, like literally just going out and just doing it. And I'm going to try to commit to one day a week, and of course, it'll probably be like one of my easy days that I just go out and just come back. But I'm going to try to commit to one day a week because I, I really feel a lot of times we get so caught up in the stats and so caught up in the numbers, how many miles, what you did, what was your pace, were you better than yesterday? And I feel, I feel like we just miss the embracing, embracing the fact that we're just out there able to do it and just let your mind run. You know, like sometimes I find myself on runs just like being obsessed, like, oh my God, you got to pick it up. Like, da, 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 da. like, and of course we need pushes, right? We always need pushes, but I just think sometimes we need to just be out there and just let your body go as you want. And now I am the first person to say less stuff, less stress on your runs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because, I mean, and I put that to everything. I put that to, you know, and, and you know, if you do all this stuff that's on you, I, you know, that's you. But I'm just saying this, to me, it added stress to my run. Hosting your runs, um, the watch, all that. A lot of that adds stress. And I, I'm the main person to say less stress on your runs. Back when I did Shut Up Tommy, that was a big thing. Running one day a week without a watch. I ain't gonna lie, it ain't easy. No. <laughs> you get kind of, I did do five more miles this month. <laughs> like at the, at the end of the year, you're like, I did about I did about a hundred more miles actually, but yeah. I didn't run with the watch. So it did get it. I, I was surprised how much it messed with me mentally when the mm-hmm. days I would one run without a watch. Yeah, I probably will like just like take over the watch. So even you can still though, get the credit for like it. still track it because I, I would be like track it, but I might just like on days that I run without a watch, I might just put tape over the actual like watch so I can't see the time and the pace because I think that that's what messes me up is more so like the distance and in the time and the pace, but I still want to be able to track it. So yeah, I got you. That's cool. Yeah. So I will definitely do that. And I just, you know, 2021 will be very interesting, but I'm really excited for it. And of course, staying on top of nutrition and things of that nature is something that's big. So yeah, I'm gonna. I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna join the snacks nutrition. Your boy snacks. Oh I'm gonna. I'm gonna join nutrition. Plan. That's my boy. Yeah, I like the way you eat, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I will say, and this is for our listeners. So, um, Charlie uh, Watson. She is. She is an amazing nutritionist. Excuse me, dietitian. She is a registered dietitian. She is also a runner and a blogger. She has completed all of the six of the world majors. Um, so she actually has a podcast called um, Eat, excuse me, Cook, Eat, Run. And again, this is Charlie Watson and her podcast is called Cook, Eat, Run. And she is the runner beans on Instagram. But Tommy, I tell you, her podcast is awesome. It is great with inter- with mixing nutrition and dietitian stuff with 
you know, running and kind of how your food works with your body. So I know a lot of people are going to be um, going into 2021, trying to get their fitness on, trying to get their nutrition where it needs to be. That's what happens in January every year, right? Like everybody's like, I'm about to get on track. Um, but if you all need a podcast to to help you all out with that and just have something to kind of bounce thoughts and ideas off of when it comes to running and nutrition and um, definitely check out Charlie Watson. She is a registered dietitian and she has a podcast. And again, that's Cook, Eat, Run. Check her out. And she is um, the Runner Beans on Instagram. Yes, indeedy. Now, a couple of things that have, you know, uh, that took place in 2020 that were, was cool. Some world, some world records were broken, uh, 5,000 and 10K. Um, world records, uh, 10K for the men and 5,000 for the women. Um, now, you watched those world records. I, I think they called it World Record Day. Um, it took place in, uh, in Venice, uh, Valencia, I'm sorry. Um, and you know what those little lights are. They call them wave lights. But the lights kind of pace you. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you're trying to break a world record, if you can keep up with that light or get ahead of that light, you know you're going to set a world record. So... A two-time world champion 5K, 5,000-meter uh, runner, um, Helen Obari. Helen Obari, she's of Kenya. She has stated in, in her mind that the wave-like technology and its use in track races uh, is just as bad as doping. She mm. feels like it's a, an advantage uh, when they're trying to break these world records if they get to use these wave lights, because even though, you know, pacers is very common um, from years back. It's not, pacers is not even anything new. They've been using pacers. They use pacers when they tried to break the four minute mile. So pacers have been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. But of course, if you know anything about pacers, pacers, if you're trying to break a world record, they don't stay with you for the whole race. They mm-hmm. run, they rabbit you. And then they drop out. They get you going at a certain pace and they drop out. And then it's up to you to finish strong and break the world record or whatever, you know, you're trying to break. She right. thinks because those lights are still going with them, once the pacers have gone away, it's an unfair advantage or it is the same as doping. Which when I read the, when I read the, because I just saw the title of the article, I was like, wait a minute, is this, you know, some kind of joke article? So I went into it. She's dead serious. That... Um, she feels like that light pacing system uh, is 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 uh, an unfair advantage, I, I assume, which so I, I couldn't, I can't get my head around how she thinks that's an unfair advantage. You no, know, because I feel like the lights is just as same thing as a watch. Like we know that a lot of elites don't use watches like when they're like some of them do, but like a lot of them don't use watches because usually on some of these main races, they have time tickers out there. They have the, the pace cars are out there and they're naming out splits and they're naming out stuff. So they don't usually use a watch. But I feel like that's the same thing. As, the lights is the same thing as using a GPS watch a Garmin to track where you are because you can calculate where you are just from looking at the watch. So no, I don't agree with her. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, wow, that is a hot take. That's and she just, it, that's, that's some serious hot. I was like, oh, she's trying to get on a program or something. She's trying, <laughs> she, she trying to get on with, uh, she's trying to get on ESPN. She's just saying craziness. Cause yes. that just, I, that made zero sense to me. I mean, I I'm like sure it helps. Help. That's not like doping is not that's like physically push like changing altering mechanically altering your body like yeah pacing the pace lights 
are just if you can't keep up with the pace lights mentally you just can't do it they're not pushing your body nowhere <laughs> exactly you can't hold on to the face light right <laughs> <laughs> can't hold on to that thing. take me with you Dude, i ain't gonna lie though i wish they had pace lights on some of my races i would love a pace light for me like <laughs> you know that'd be cool like, i don't but, know i think that that's different too like I don't usually I don't like running with pacers at races, but I think that that's just I hope to change that soon. But yeah, yeah, I'm not a big fan. I mean, I've run so let me think. I'm trying to think when I've run with a pacer. I tried to run with a pace group at a Thanksgiving half the, the Atlanta Track Club Thanksgiving half one year. The year I was trying to break my half marathon. I mean, yeah, half marathon personal best. Yeah. And I tried to run with them because I was trying to run with. I wanted to run a, a sub one fifty. Mm-hmm. So I tried to run with him and I ran with him for a while, but it messed with my gait. Like my, you know, I just couldn't. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just couldn't do it. And so I just, I left them. Eventually they caught back up with me. But the right. funny thing is like the 150 pace group was huge when okay. I first got like the beginning of the race. I had to catch them because they took off before I did. So okay. I literally had to, you know, dodge people to catch up with them. So I caught up with them. And they were huge as we were going um, the street. They're kind of taking you up behind Atlanta Station. It was a huge pace crew. So eventually I said, okay, forget it. I'm just going to run. Mm-hmm. So I just took off running. Eventually, the leaders of that pace crew caught back up with me. Let me tell you, there was nobody <laughs> with them anymore. I was like, what happened? Y'all had a huge group when I was with y'all. He was like, yeah, everybody fell off. <laughs> wow. I was like, okay, wow. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess it just means I can't run uh you know, even if Eddie I can't K. run steady like that, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing, too, is like, I feel like when you run with a pace group or if you're a pace like lead, you have to have steady splits. Like you can't be all over the place. You can't be uh, um, like tanking or like, uh, what do they call it? Why can't I get my words together? <laughs> like banking splits. So like, and I know that's not what they call it, but like, you know how sometimes, so like for me, sometimes I'm like, oh, shit, okay. If I run a 10 minute mile for the first three miles, but then I slack off to a 12 minute mile, I got a little bit extra I can play yeah. with. Like you, yeah. can't, you can't do that and you can't have a thought process like that. Like you literally have to have even splits the whole time. So, and I think like Darrell, I know he's probably listening, but Darrell, he does, a, he does pacing. And I think that he is really big on like even split running, which is, it takes a science to even split run. Like you have to be, training condition for it but you also have to like the mentality of it like you have to really be able to do that so and a lot of, and a lot of people think well um usually pacers are running a much slower time than they used to even if i run a slow if i'm running a slower time than my normal pr or whatever i usually run it still would be hard for me to keep that you really have to have that mental attitude to be able to keep that hitting it on the right pace each time yeah and of course with pacers you want to be running a slower p- pace mm-hmm. than usually because you got to give energy or cheering your crew on you don't want to look like you struggling trying to get people to the mm-hmm. finish line. like you want to be in a very comfortable place and be able to cheer the people on to get them to where they need to be because they're going to be struggling behind you trying to keep up so for sure and i think that's a like speaking of that that's an, another reason why uh the women's uh pacers were all men this year for the pay for the marathon project so they were all men and you know i'm like in my mind they were really cheering like sarah hall on and i was like they are pacing i was telling braxton i was like they are probably their their time that they're doing is probably 
a lot, not a lot slower, but probably a significant amount slower than what their usual marathon would be because he, she had two people that stuck with her until the end. So, okay. Yeah. Yes, indeedy. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Like, hey, yeah. look, bring, bring that wave light technology on. I love it. Yeah. Hey, Atlanta track club. You need wave light technology on the track at the public <laughs> at, 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 at the track Atlanta. You need wave light technology. I would love it. Oh, for sure. That would, that would be awesome. So, is that the end of the year? That is the end of the year. Great chat. I'm excited. 2020 was awesome to us. Thank you to everyone that came on, did an interview with us, all the different um, excitement that we got, our Runner's World article, like just 2020 was good um, in, in respect to the podcast. So thank you everyone for continuing to support us for another year. It's almost, you know, what's it? We started in 2018, almost three years in the book. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I just want to wish everybody a happy new year since I won't, we won't talk to y'all again to the 5th of uh, January or something like that, 8th, yeah, 7th. Definitely. Happy new year, happy holidays. Y'all be safe, take care of yourself. Keep running. Let us know what you got out there. If there's anybody that y'all would love to hear from in 2021, hit us up. Exactly, exactly. So, India, if they're, you know, sitting around during the holidays, but they want to contact you, how would they do that? Or follow you or do everything? All of that. So you can get all of my information on my website at www.milesfromindia.com. Um, it will connect you to directly communicate with me as well as send me an email. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at I underscore of underscore Indigo, which is E-N-D-I-G-O run. So that's I of Indigo runs. And this is uh, TMitch68. You can reach me there on Instagram or email me at Thomas w mitchell the number two at gmail.com yes thank all you right me another great year thank you to all our supporters and listeners see y'all all in right. 21 20 21 peace bye